0: Hello and welcome to Talking City, the latest episode from the Manchester Evening News podcast all about Manchester City. I'm Simon Bajkowski, joined today by Ian Cheeseman to discuss uh, the Huddersfield game and everything that came with that and to look ahead to the Brighton and Southampton games, as we're in the final week of the season. I must apologise at the start because I've got a stonking cold. So I'm, I'm gonna, keeping me distance. Yeah, from I'm going to leave Ian to do most <laughs> of the talking. Um, but yes, if we start with with Sunday on what was a very celebratory, happy day for the champions.
1: Yeah, I mean it was obviously a bit different than what we're used to in terms of City winning titles. There's all the uh, last minute drama normally and and then I wouldn't say it was a rushed celebration but certainly in the sense that it was very pre-planned probably this weekend. It hasn't been like that in the past. We've had... Weeks to get used to it. It was the third guard of honour by an op- uh, opposing team, which is like you know mind blowing, <laughs> really. Not only that, but uh, many of the members of the 1968 team also formed a guard of honour, and it was lovely to see people like Mike Summerbee and yeah. Colin Bell, Francis Lee, Alan Oakes, who still holds the record for the most number of games played for City, was there. Um, he doesn't attend many matches, by the way, these days. He's more of a golf. Uh, aficionado these days so it was lovely to see, And there were were others as well but those are just a few that were there and it was lovely to see them standing to make the guard of honour and uh, the game obviously proved to be a a big (laughs) anti-climax everybody was desperate for there to be a goal Uh, you saw the game I'm sure I mean uh, they just weren't at it were they?
0: No, no and I'm not sure whether you kind of that's a negative on them or it kind of reinforces just how consistent they've been all season and i think also a word for huddersfield who've given city two very tough games um i can't think of many premier league teams that have given them a tougher ride across the two fixtures um so all all credit to to david wagner and his team and I, i'm sure city will be be back at the uh, the john smiths next season but it yeah the the game felt like an anticlimax to the main event which was the celebrations and uh, you ended up with Vincent Company's medal didn't you at, at the one end?
1: point i thought he was going to give it me <laughs> um, i was i was stood on the pitch when I, long after everybody went and what fans perhaps don't realize is that the players a lot of them stayed out there for absolutely ages on the pitch afterwards And it was peculiar, because I've never never witnessed it like this before, but people, fans, that is, drifted away in different stages. Uh, Obviously, there was the big presentation, then there was a bit of a lap of honour, really, although they had lots of little footballs that were strategically placed around the the stadium, and they kicked these footballs into different sections, and then moved on and carried on going around like that. So it was a, a slow... Um, walk around the stadium and then they went back into the center circle. There were new pictures taken. Pep Guardiola's been to his press conference was talking about how he encouraged the players with their families to sort of he didn't use the words milk it but you know go out and celebrate the 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 moment with the families and take as long as they wanted, take their own pictures. So little groups of people would form around the trophy or the trophies because they brought the League Cup out as well. Um, and I was lucky enough to, when pretty much everybody had gone, so this must have been like an hour and a half after the final whistle, uh, to wander out there and realise that I could queue up and have my picture taken with the trophies. And I was talking to Carla Company, who is Vincent's uh, wife, mm-hmm. and uh, as I'm talking to her, I persuaded her successfully to come on my radio programme um, she, it overwalks Vinny, and, um, and 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 Vinny goes, "Hi, Ian." And I thought, blimey he Knows my name? <laughs> I didn't even know that." And uh, he just took his medal off, put it round my neck, and said, uh, "You know, have that. I try that on, sort of thing." So I thought, "Wow, I've got a, I've got the medal around my neck." Uh, I posted, I thought, "I've got to have a picture with him." So I had a picture with him. And then after the conversation finished, he just started wandering away, and I said, "Don't you want this medal back?" <laughs> And um, and he said, oh, yeah, yeah. And I said, I thought you were giving it me. He said, if we win it next year, Ian, you can have the medal next year. And I thought, right, I'm going to hold him to that. Keep him <laughs> to that, yeah, absolutely,
0: yeah. There can't be uh, long odds for, for winning it next year. But that is important, isn't it, those celebrations? I, I remember when the Tunnel Club first opened and somebody who was in there went spare at Leroy Sane for looking at his phone and wearing his headphones. And, you know, who is anyone to tell the players what to do before the game as they get in the zone but as City have won the league there have been a number of celebrations with the fans they went out in hail when United lost to West Brom and there's been a number of measures and it will mean a lot to see them all out on the pitch for so long and clearly enjoying the moment and living the moment and that's what Guardiola's been saying all season that no one can take this season that they've lived away from them and it's been a a very special season for the supporters as well
1: It felt very natural to me because sometimes those types of celebrations I, I imagined before the game that there were going to be speeches and I'm not sure whether I would have preferred that or not but this one felt just like you know, we're going to hold the trophy up we're going to pose for the pitches and then after that whatever happens, happens and sometimes that 's quite nice isn 't it just, yeah. to, just to do it natural and just to be what you saw out there those who stayed inside the stadium for a little longer, like I did was was just proper bonding and you know that you can tell that this team have an affinity with each other and their families, and the way that they mixed they didn 't seem to be in cliques or anything um, everything just happened you know sort of organically, if you like rather than than being staged. There'll be another thing against Brighton for Yaya Toure, and that, yeah. some of that will be staged. Some of it was—you could even argue was staged after the Swansea game, uh, because it, it's, it's an ongoing thing. But uh, no, it felt really quite low key. And, and I mean, I spoke to some of the, the supporters before that game against Huddersfield, and I remember distinctly one lad saying to me, um, "We've always got to remember—we've always got to remember, City fans, to be humble and to remember, you know, our." our recent past and uh, you know it's not that long ago still and I know people say stop going on about it but it's not that long ago 20 years ago as Stuart yeah. wrote in his article City were relegated to the third tier of English football and I think there is a humility among the vast majority of City fans um, and, and and it seemed that way among the players as well because it's imp- if you don't keep that humility then how do you keep the hunger and how do you aspire to go on to greater things um, once you think you've made it, that's that's the the danger point as a player, that you know where you, you might not be the player that you were. And Pep obviously is well aware of that. That's why he wants to have them chasing these records to try to keep them motivated. And um, it'll be, you know that gonna, we can, I can't wait for the fixtures to come out. I think they come out in the middle of June, and yeah. then everybody can start looking forward to next season. And yeah, I never thought that I'd be sitting here thinking. You know, in the very early stages of May, uh, already about next season, and there's still two games to go.
0: Well, it, it <laughs> s- seems like every week has been like a carnival in the last few few matches, just a, a celebration of of the season. And it, it's important for them to celebrate like they might not win another Premier League, even though they may well, because it's such a big achievement. Um, but it will please the manager, I think, to hear people like Raheem Sterling saying. One is great, now on to the next one. But it was nice to see, you know, the pictures of Sterling and Walker and Stones all saying, this is our dream come true. They've all had flack for moving uh, moving from other clubs mm. um, when they said they were moving to win trophies. So um, it's a nice recognition for them. But we, before we move on to the future of, of City, let's talk about the Brighton game because it's going to be a big farewell party for for Yaya Torre and quite rightly by the way I mean last
1: season um, and just briefly going back again to the Huddersfield game Pablo Zabaleta came out at half time and uh, I mean beautiful to see him there Uh, I'm not sure how West Ham fans would react to him being (laughs) you know up in Manchester on his day off but he's entitled to be and he he knows he's part of the Manchester City family now Yaya Torre is going to be celebrated on Wednesday Um, what a great send off they're going to give him um, I suspect that he will start that game um, and so he should by the way and there will be videos made by the club they're very good at that sort of thing these days and there will be lots of fans no doubt bringing out the Yaya Toure shirts and people waxing lyrical about him and I, I think as Peppers said today that, that Yaya has been one of the single most influential players that the club has ever had in its history um, it's it, it, when um, the, the money first came in the big signing was Rabinho and Robinho was seen as that sort of statement signing but to me Yaya Torre was the statement signing and he's such a popular player among the, uh, you know, the, his colleagues I mean you've only got to have watched the celebration um, I don't know again I know you weren't at the game Simon but and how much you would have seen of it but when they formed the stage and all the players gathered together first of all Yaya got Arguably the loudest cheer when he came forward, and they then all the other players sort of mobbed him and started jumping on him. And at one point, the Premier League trophy was knocked off its plinth and fell to the floor. And that was all during the Yaya Toure mobbing Mm -hmm. Uncle Yaya, as some of them call him. He's only in his thirties, but you know they seem to see him as this father figure or whatever. Um, But that shows to me. uh, if you, didn't, if you ever doubted it what a popular player he is amongst them all um, Pep was asked whether he thought he would um, carry on playing at the top level and he said he thought he could do and if he wanted to he should do um, it would be very very strange just as it is to watch Pablo playing in a West Ham shirt to see Yaya Toure come back next season and with a different shirt on because he's now so much a part of the DNA yes. of City yes. the saddest thing for me um, and again I've debated this with fans recently I was at a Warrington branch last week and there was, there was a lad there saying to me oh he'll always be tarnished because of birthday gay and because, um, because of the, the his agent and I, did, I sort of explained to him and I said well do you not know the history of the agent and, and um, you know um, the fact that he was such a young lad when he went to Ukraine and this guy took him under his wing and actually I really admire Yaya's loyalty that even though he knows that his agent has occasionally put his foot in his mouth on Yaya's behalf, he stuck with him. He stuck with him, and, and I admire loyalty in that way. Um, I'd like to think that's what I'd be like as well, if somebody made a mistake, but there was somebody that, that had done good for me.
0: Yeah, and, and I think you've had many dealings with Yaya, In my dealings with him, uh, as journalists, we queue up, at the end of a match, to try and grab players to speak to, and it, it's often very hard to uh, to get a word with them. Yaya more than nearly everyone would always stop and would always speak, and he'd speak honestly and freely. And there have been a lot of tributes to Arsene Wenger as he leaves Arsenal, saying, "You know, he was he would speak on all football matters." And and Yaya is the same. If you asked him a good question, you got a, a good full answer from him, and he was always happy. Nearly always to give his time. He didn't always say the right things, but should we castigate him for being human? Um I think no. you know, he's <laughs> he's flawed, aren't we all? But, you know, none of us can do what what he's done for City in in the game and yeah, I think it would be a shame if if sort of the the flawed moments um are remembered more than everything great that he's done for City, and like you said, we've given a lot of praise to Mendy for his contribution to squad morale this season. But it's, it's clear that, that Torre is still Mr. Popular.
1: Well, too, I mean, there are lots of moments that would stand out in my mind of Yaya Torre. Um, as a commentator which is what I used to do commentating on that goal against Aston Villa when he ran half the length of the pitch and uh, welled it in was just unbelievable for me to commentate on that as were the two goals at Newcastle on the way to winning the league but I actually think that even though it wasn't the most special goal in terms of aesthetics or whatever, that the goal he scored against United in the semi-final of the FA Cup was just as his arrival was a turning point and a pivotal moment, I think that was for the club because it was the day that they eclipsed their or came out of the shadow shall we say of their neighbours who'd been so dominant for so long um, and it, that made a statement and, and he was the type of player who very understatedly away from the cameras and away from the microphones would tell his colleagues was because we found this out later that he would oh yeah I'm going to score a goal today yeah. yes I'm going to influence this game today so he had a supreme confidence which uh, you've got to admire which us um, mere mortals you know go into all these situations and certainly would if we were players I, speaking for myself anyway I don't know about you Simon but I would be very nervous I would be very scared I don't know if I'd be able to
0: deliver on that big stage he never <laughs> seemed to doubt it did he No, and he did. no no <laughs> but you, you would say about Yaya more than probably anyone he's the man for the big occasion because there's so many grand stages that he's he's turned up for City in. in I remember watching at
1: Barcelona and thinking, wow, wouldn't it be great to have a player like that at City?
0: Yeah. And then it happened. But also, what a battle with Guardiola he's had because we all thought he was finished last season and then that remarkable uh, comeback at Palace where he scored two goals and you know a few few get exiled by Guardiola and come back but he's uh, yeah. he's managed to do that and earned his way into a new contract last summer so um,
1: yeah. yeah, I might have a few tears in my eyes Wednesday <laughs> night I've got to admit
0: I'm not sure you'll be the only one <laughs> um, but it is still a competitive game, uh, Chris Heaton's Brighton have shown how good they can be and uh, what should we expect from City, do we need a response after that tame Huddersfield display?
1: Well, a couple of people on, on social media said, said to me, you know, obviously I do the vlog on YouTube and everything, and, and, the, and the vlog, sometimes I do a little match report at the end, and somebody said to me, why have you not done a match report on this one? And, well, you know, it, the game against Huddersfield, from a City perspective wasn't like a normal game. Yeah. And it, it was all about the celebrations and whether we like it or not. The game against Brighton and the game against Southampton the the games actually don't matter. Now I know there will be city fans screaming now saying, "Come on, they can break the records, they can do the make a statement and all." And I get all that. And and, and me as a fan of course I want them to break all those those records. And it not gone over my head that against Huddersfield, having dropped the two points, City have no room to manoeuvre now. They have to win both games to get that magic 100 points. Yeah, and yeah. I want to see that. I want to see that. And I'm sure Pep does. But is it not human nature that once you know you've done it, once you know there's no jeopardy in a game, once you know there's nothing as such at stake in it, Anymore, mm. that you're not absolutely at your maximum, and these players have got the World Cup on their minds now. Um, you no, know, I, I, I think Yaya will play against Brighton, and arguably, as much as I love Yaya Toure that weakens the side these days because yeah, of his slow yeah. slow way of playing yeah. um, people are now been crying out for for Phil Foden to start a game maybe Brahim Diaz who I'm a huge fan of um, you know Mendy to start a game now to get a f- sort of a full match under his belt um, and it, it's a funny sort of situation because Pep Uh, So far Hasn't really done The things we thought Or fans thought He might do I.e. Playing these younger players You know Maybe Lucas Nemeche Gets a game as well Or Tosin Adara Bioyo But He's stuck with I suppose In his mind He's thinking He doesn't want to spoil The integrity Of the competition Now Brighton is safe City have won the title Maybe The game Against Brighton Is the game Where he can do that A little bit but if Southampton becomes do or die for Southampton, he surely has to pick his strongest side again in that and, and play with that integrity for the sake really of the other teams like Swansea and whatever who might still be in the, the battle. So I'm expecting a slightly different team against Brighton but probably the full, whatever he considers to be his full-strength
0: team um, against Southampton on, on Sunday. But it, it will be the last... Uh, performance at the Etihad for three, four months um, Yeah, going to miss it Do they need to do uh, <laughs> do they need to give sort of this lasting impression to yeah, some fans I, on the way
1: Yeah, absolutely and I, I, I don't whoever plays I think they'll they'll want to do it and actually yeah. you know that sentiment of because Pep was was full of this in the press conference today. This is Yaya's fell, farewell game. Yeah. We're dedicating it to him. We're doing it for him. And I think there's too much respect for Yaya from his teammates to just go through the motions against Brighton. I think they'll want to win it for him. Yeah. So I'm expecting them to, and hopefully Brighton will be nice and relaxed. There'll be a good open game. They won't have that tension. Uh, and but City can can put another display like they did at West Ham or against
0: Swansea. Um, and a word for Southampton ahead Um, it might be obsolete by tomorrow but currently at the time of recording Southampton are away at Swansea tonight and anything but a win for Southampton will leave them in a bit of trouble for the final day they'll probably need a result against mm. against City uh, Mark Hughes, currently in the Southampton hot seat say they do need a a result to stay up would you... Be happy to see Hughes get the result. Um, I'm more
1: bothered about City than I am about Southampton and Mark Hughes. That's no disrespect to, to their supporters or, or that club or that individual. Um, obviously, Mark was at, was at City, and I always got on really well with him, and he was a, you know, a great, great fella. Uh, I think there have been um, other managers that have come along since that have taken City to another level, and Hughes own sort of. What well, value if you like has probably gone down in recent years he was Stoke's manager obviously they've gone down this year um, it's almost
0: a double relegation if Southampton
1: go down Southampton go from a travelling fan perspective I can't deny and Stuart I'm sure you'll back me up yeah, on this yeah. at the beginning of the season you, you think Crystal Palace Brighton Southampton or Swansea
0: they'd be the good ones to go down the furthest away yeah so we, we don't want that <laughs> honest but we are very happy Wolves are coming up
1: but you know, you'd have to say that Southampton are a, a team that have been in the league for a while. They do feel like a Premier League team. Yeah. They played w- their
0: first game against City, didn't they, when they came up? Um, that 3 uh, 2. Which About time? Stephen- I remember one time
1: Kevin Keegan played for Southampton oh, when no, they just got promoted. I think it. it
0: was 2012, Stephen Davis and.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. City came back to win 3 2. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And, and so. Do want Matt Hughes, and Southampton to win? No, I want City to go out on a win. If I'm being honest, yeah. um, but I think it'll be a, it'd be nice to see a, a game with something at stake again.
0: You wouldn't take pleasure in Hughes.
1: No, down, I, I don't take pleasure in in other people having no. torrid times, but I do take a lot of pleasure in City having good times.
0: Yes, <laughs> and, uh, they've had a lot of them this season. One quick thing that needs to be could do with being ironed out quite soon is. Pep Guardiola's new contract now he has got a year left on the original deal that he signed um, but the indications are that he will sign another one but he keeps being quite coy about it when he's asked about it in in press conferences doesn't he Yeah, I I suspect the reason why he's like that is because up till now in his career he's never
1: been sacked but he's also um, left at the end of a contract so he hasn't resigned mid-contract Um, With that reputation, therefore, if he adds to his contract, which I suspect he will, but when he adds to a contract, people will throw at him, well, you know, you, 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 you committed now, you're going to stay. And I don't think he or the club would want to commit to anything unless they were certain that he was going to see out the contract. So if they had a year on or they had two years on or whatever, I think it would be the plan that he would see that out. What I'm saying, I suppose, is that if Paris Saint-Germain or Real Madrid or somebody else came in for him, um, I would feel pretty confident that if Pep signed a new contract extension that he wouldn't walk away from that, no matter what was offered to him, because I think he's a very honourable man on the basis of what he's done so far. Now, I'm pretty certain, as I understand it, that not the week we're recording this in, we're recording it on the Tuesday of the week when City play Brighton, but next week, after the Southampton game, I believe that, that key members of staff are going out to Abu Dhabi for their annual review. Usually, Chris Bailey from the website sits down with Cal Doon and does his mm. annual interview. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I suspect that Pep will then sit there with Chiqui Begeristain, Ferran Soriano, Kaldun and the Sheik and talk about a new contract, whether there's going to be one and whether to extend it. So maybe by the end of next week, um, that, that deal will be done. I'd be shocked if he doesn't sign um, a contract extension. I'd be hoping for the longest possible contract extension. It wouldn't necessarily shock me if he only signed for one more year. Yeah, I think um, he's the
0: manager that works on the short term contracts. So yeah, it would be unexpected of him to. And I don't think that's anything any should, anybody should worry about it
1: for the reasons I've already given yeah. of, of of the his honourable way of honouring contracts. So he adds one more year on, that means you've got two more guaranteed years of Pep. Well, as much as I'd like to think it'd be ten, I'd settle for two right yeah, now.
0: <laughs> yeah, but is there a time as a supporter? when you would start to get worried if there hasn't been an announcement in the coming months?
1: Yeah, I think, actually, I'd be expecting that contract announcement to come at the end of next week, that, that yeah. soon.
0: So this month, we're talking? Yeah,
1: absolutely, in the month of May. Yeah, if we haven't done anything by June, uh, then I'd be thinking, what's going on here? A little bit, yeah. yeah. But, even if that happened, there's still another year of him, but... Yes. Oh, don't get me on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: yes, we shall uh, leave it there for this week. Hope you enjoy the last two games of the season and news of Pep's contract if it does come out. Um, but don't forget to subscribe to the Talking City podcast on iTunes and ACAST. And thanks very much for joining us today. I'm off to get some LucasAid, and Ian's <laughs> off to uh, get far away from me, I think. <laughs> See you next week.